If you're measuring activity, then you can tweak, amend, or even stop an activity if it is not progressing as you thought. Welcome to the Step Change Podcast from me, Mike Foster, the Entrepreneur's Mentor. Now, my podcast is a serious thought to help you with the development of your own business and to make that step change that is often needed. Because we all know that if we want something different in life or in our business, then it's often a step change that is needed. Now, one of the common discussions that I have with my clients when they're looking to scale their business is the effectiveness of their marketing investment, how to market their business to the right people and to create a constant flow of leads from their ideal customers. Now, of course, marketing is a massive topic, so I couldn't cover that in just one episode. And I've therefore created a number of marketing-related resources on my website and on my YouTube channel. However, in this podcast, I wanted to share some headlines and also seven steps that I believe will help you establish an effective marketing plan. So firstly, if we look at step one, I encourage you to be clear on your objective and your why. It may seem obvious that you want to win more business and you want to increase your revenue, but the motivation for truly effective marketing, not the common feast and famine that we can sometimes see, is born by identifying why you want these new customers and truly identifying your why. Is it more income for you personally that gives you more choices as an individual or as a family? And if so, what does that provide you with and how would you feel if that was obtained? Is it to give you more options as a business by increasing that critical asset of your cash flow or your capital reserves? And would the reinvestment of this cash see a cumulative effect of further growth for your business? So being clear on your objective, being clear on your why, why that you are trying to create an effective marketing plan in the first place gives you extreme motivation and focus. The second step in my opinion, is to understand your audience and the markets. So look to identify your target market, who is your ideal customer. This is a common question that I'm asked. We all have a limited resource for our marketing in terms of the time and money that we have. So there are many benefits of focusing on your ideal customer. You will be more specific with your marketing tactics and also speak with more relevant messages that pull your ideal customer towards you. So when you're thinking about your ideal customer profile, consider the type of business, its size in terms of revenue or employees, the geographic location, and how long they've been established. And reflect on the profile of their decision makers, the supplies they already use, the publications that they read, and where they hang out. And research their situation, their goals and their objectives, what they need or want, and find out what stops them from achieving their goals. This will help you to establish what's causing them pain and understand what is the impact of their problems or the challenges that they face. And all this builds a really useful profile for your focus. And when considering the market, reflect on the overall picture, how the sector looks. Is there a regional difference? What are the expectations in the market? And is there any gap for you to exploit? This is where your SWOT analysis can come into its own And that enables you to establish how you can utilise your identified strengths and exploit those opportunities in front of you. Now, within the market, break down and understand your customer segments. Is that by a demographic, the ideal client profile, a niche or a vertical market? And for a deeper understanding and to be more successfully targeting your market, then look to develop your customer personas. A customer persona also known as a buyer persona or a buyer profile, 
It's a fictitious character that embodies the traits of a segment or your audience. And customer personas are based on research and data from within your business. And often it is good to name your personas by humanizing your target market, in my opinion. What it does, it makes it possible to gain a deeper understanding of the people that you're hoping to engage with and relate to them. And many of my clients will build their customer personas. It'd be based on something that they can visualize and they will give that person's name to that persona so that they can keep that front of mind of each time. So to create your customer profile persona, you can start to narrow your focus using data and market research. Ask your considered audience using surveys, focus groups, or interviews, and see who your competitors consider to be their customer. Perhaps review social media feeds for trends or to use Google Analytics to understand what people are searching for and the language that they're using when they're looking for your service, your solutions. And then look to establish what they care about. Put yourself in those customers' shoes. What is their journey? Discover what they care about and what are their issues. What is their pain, their problem, fear, want, need or desire? An easy way to start is to consider your best customers and profile them with any commonalities or trends. Then establish how you have helped those similar businesses to, to be your ideal customers and how you've helped similar businesses to your persona that you're building and creating. This will help you to create your value proposition, reflecting on what is unique about you that creates your differentiator of value. The third step is then to look to define your brand and its offering. Firstly, consider or use your team, if applicable, to agree a six core brand values. That will drive your day-to-day operations. The things that you live by, the things that help you base decisions, the things that help you hire the right people. Then understand your voice and develop your consistent brand tone of voice. Over recent years, marketing and sales have moved to the digital world and this has been accelerated during the pandemic. So no longer can we rely on our actual voice to control our communication. So what is your tone of voice that can be replicated online through print or in person? For sure, this should be influenced by your audience that you're talking to and their language. But how will the brand tone of your voice be consistent? What sort of language reflects your personality? Do short, punchy sentences reflect your brand or would longer words and phrases show a maturity or expertise that you want to convey? Your tone of voice needs to be consistent across all your brand assets. If you're not consistent across all your brand assets, your prospects and your customers are likely to be confused. And when they're confused, they often look for something else. To supplement your voice and give you consistency across your business, then look to create a brand style guide. This would include any visual identity, including imagery, colors, fonts, etc. But then it would also ensure that you and your team communicate your brand with consistency. And when I talk about your team, that's people within your business and people external to you that you rely on for delivery of X, Y, or Z. Once you've clarified your audience, the market, your ideal customer, and your brand positioning, then I often find that it's easier to establish a relevant offering with the hooks or the underlying messages that pull your prospects towards you with interest. The fourth step is to decide on your marketing tactics. Now, I'd recommend that you don't move onto this step too early because without a clear picture of your audience and a strategic approach, then you could waste your resources in terms of time and money that we spoke about earlier. So 
with a clear picture of your audience and what you're taking to market in terms of a product or a service and its messaging, then you can look to consider the most effective channels and tactics to use. You will more easily identify where your prospects hang out and can use them to make sure that you have the most relevant tactics to build traction and generate leads. Now, I highly recommend a book, one of my recommended reading lists, titled How Any Startup Can Achieve Explosive Growth Traction. And that's by Gabriel Weinberg and Justin Mars. Now, the early paragraphs encourage you to consider the various different ways to build traction for your business, then test and measure a few before establishing the bullseye of your marketing activity. Now, one learn from me from this book was to not discount a marketing tactic because of your personal feelings or your experience. So, for example, you may not like social ads or telesales or you may never click on a Google advert because you know it's been paid for. However, it may be the best tactic for your business. So don't dismiss that and consider the 19 different ways that you may build traction as recommended by the book and build those towards that bullseye. Now, the the top five tactics that I'm seeing right now, but of course, um, it's not limited for businesses and it's very business dependent. But for the businesses that I'm seeing, I'm working with is to create a social media strategy, to maximize your SEO, to create content marketing that delivers, and that's through your blog posts, videos, white papers, to use video to tell a story. And the fifth tactic that I recommend and I'm seeing right now is advocate marketing. That's through your networking, your referral strategies, and your testimonials. The fifth step is to create a systemized process to pull those prospects towards you step by step. Here there are two considerations. Firstly, the actual lead generation, your marketing that brings more prospects than ever before into your sales funnel. Then it's the leads conversion, your sales, that's the steps of your funnel to convert more leads into actual revenue earning sales. In this step, I recommend reviewing the customer journey. Consider the various stages of your sales process, the awareness, consideration, decision, onboarding, fulfillment, loyalty, and advocacy. Now for me, the awareness stage is supported by your marketing activity for lead generation. It takes your potential customers from lurkers to interested to inquiry. They then move to the consideration stage, and from here onwards, I consider this to be your sales activity to maximize that lead conversion. Now, the initial stages from consideration to a positive decision and onboarding them as a customer can be broken down into a number of steps. And this is beneficial as you can then measure the effectiveness of each of those steps. And if you find that your prospects are not moving through the steps or they're bailing out at a certain point, then you know which part of your process you need to review, tweak and perhaps improve. And also don't forget the latter stages of your customer journey. Too often I see businesses stopping their sales process during the fulfillment stage. However, how does the relationship with your customer need to evolve to maximise the loyalty and advocacy stages that create more future revenue through further purchases or referrals to other new business? An important step that's often avoided is step six, which is measure, manage and evolve. It can be avoided as some businesses feel that they've done all their research and hard work to create their marketing campaigns, so have no need to actually monitor. Others avoid monitoring because they don't want to see the results because in their heart, they know it's not quite right in terms of what they're doing. For me, this is as critical as any step before. It measures your activity and your outcomes to provide you with the insight to best understand your return on investment. 
and I encourage you to measure both your activity and your outcomes. This is best achieved by establishing your key performance indicators or what I call your success drivers. Yes, you may measure your outcomes, such as your revenue earned from a campaign, but please measure the activity along the way, as that, in my opinion, will save you hundreds or thousands of pounds. If you're measuring activity, then you can tweak, amend, or even stop an activity if it is not progressing as you thought. Otherwise, you'll wait until you measure the outcome, perhaps a month end or a quarter end, and then that could be a little bit too late before you've overinvested in that campaign. So when measuring an activity, then think about what makes up your outcomes. For example, is your sales revenue made up of the number of people you sell to, the number of times that they buy, and the average sales value? And if so, what activity ensures that you sell to enough people that they buy from you enough times and you don't discount your value to ensure that you maintain that sales income that you um, desire and generate? And lastly, it's all about execution. So step seven is your activity plan. For this step, I encourage you to break down your activity on a week by week basis. Using a format such as a Gantt chart, for example, establishing which activities have to be executed at what time. For me, this breaks down the huge task of your marketing and sales into bite-sized chunks that can be more easily implemented. Because it's now all about execution. You've done the planning, you've identified who you want to speak to, you've identified your market, you've identified how you want to pull them towards you with interest. But if you don't do anything, it's unlikely that they're going to come. So you need to execute your activity plan, those tactics that you've identified that are going to be best pulling those people towards you to go through that customer journey from the awareness stage through the consideration to purchase. As always, I hope you found this content of this podcast to be thought-provoking and useful in supporting your thoughts in the development of your own business. That was just seven steps to create your marketing plan. Thank you for listening to the Step Change Podcast with me, Mike Foster, the Entrepreneur's Mentor. As mentioned before, I've got many resources on my website, entrepreneursmentor.co.uk, including blogs, videos, a free report, and much more. And please do subscribe to this Step Change Podcast via your favorite app. And next time I release an episode, you'll be one of the first to know.